welcome to the fourth episode of the Unfinished Cuppy podcast. With me today is Louise Flynn, and we're going to be talking about work-life balance for people who love to work. Thanks for joining me, Louise. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that our, uh, us workaholics get to feature in the work-life balance conversation. Definitely. Um, and before we go into the work side of it, um, because it's a Thursday morning, uh, just late enough so that we're not going to wake people, but early enough that we'll still get them to school. Um, can you tell me about your family as a first, first up thing? Oh, okay. Well, I, right. I, I, I define family as quite a different convention. So um, I, I'm not married and I don't have children, but I'm a godmother of two twin boys and I'm an, a proud aunt of two girls. Actually, I named my main business after them, uh, Ruby and Isla Louise. So Ruby, Isla Louise uh, becomes Rulu, Rulu Marketing. So right. um, yes, and I am... I actually spend a lot more time with my parents now than than I probably spent when I was a bit younger because my stepdad's a bit older. He's 84 and my mum's 70. So she's pretty sprightly and, and we do plenty of things together. But um, my stepdad's 84 and, and that shifts your mindset in terms of your priorities because, sure. yeah, because you want to be more focused on helping them. And then I also define good friends as family as well, because um, as someone who's not in contact with parts of their family, so my biological dad, I'm only part in, in, in um, contact with parts of his family. I found that a lot of people are so, feel so obliged to be in contact with people that they're related to by blood. And it may not be a good idea. They may not be your people. So, I consider friends as kind of a wider family as well. And I have really good friends who support me, um, you know, when I'm having a, a kind of a work roadblock or, you know, I, I want to talk about work more than kids. Um, but then they'll let me come over and, and hang out and, and be a yep. part of their lives as well. So that's cool. my family. Well, and the missing piece that I'm not owning up to, which may appear on this podcast is I have a, uh, roommate and furry nephew called Stanley, who's a cavoodle, and he's 12 years old. He's a blonde cavoodle, which apparently is kind of the you know it's so okay, but not cavoodle is a like cross poodle. Yeah, it's a yep. poodle cavalier cross. Okay. So nice. they're gorgeous looking dogs, but the poodle makes them absolutely neurotic. You know, they're territorial. They guard the door, and they're they're not very big dogs. So they seem to have little dog syndrome where they just want to have a crack at everyone first yeah. just to make sure that, but yeah, Stanley's the center of my life. Most days I didn't get to walk him this morning, but he's my roommate. And um, technically he's my brother's dog that we inherited as a fan. He's now a family dog. So I call him my fairy nephew, nice. but he's, he's my outlet between work and play as well. And he mm -hmm. gets me exercising mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. kind of. <clears throat> cool. Thank you for that. Um, sorry to start with a curveball. I just... Uh, um... No, it's made me smile. <laughs> so, look, um, I really appreciate you sort of, you know, have prepared a, a, pre a pitch preamble for, for our conversation, which is fantastic. Um, 
I might even read that out. Uh, so work-life balance for people who love to work. For some, the best way to build work-life balance is to build a business that focuses on helping the people who value you with products or services that play to your strengths. You, Louise, are going to share your story. Uh, still a work in progress to reframe work-life to bring more satisfaction to overall life. Yeah, so that was... I, I've been on, so I'm turning 44, but a week before I turned 40, I got made redundant. Whoa, yeah, right. From the job that I thought was my dream job. Yeah, and, and your lifelong one then too? Yeah, and, and it completely shattered um, any mis... It, it challenged me... Well, I went straight into find another job mode. Mm-hmm. And as a workaholic, it was like, I, I can't not work. So I went straight into finding other work and finding that every time I met some amazing people and, and talked to them about a senior marketing job, it still just didn't work out, whether it was me not working out or me not taking the offer. There was amazing jobs. I get to talk to amazing people and I still didn't take these jobs. And it, it was talking to friends and family that they said, why haven't you just accepted a job? Like, what, what, what's wrong? And I thought, well, maybe I'm not taking this opportunity for what it is because I probably set out on the, the career path I was on when I was 30, when I'd finished my MBA, and I had a trajectory that I was working on. And for 10 years, I'd worked away at that trajectory and kind of felt like I'd hit that point around 40, and then it all just fell apart. And I thought well, maybe I'm missing the point here. Maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe I need to go and figure out what, what I need to do between 40, 50 and 60. Um, so I kind of stepped back and realized that, oh, okay, so I do want work in my life, but now it can't just be any work and it doesn't matter what it's called. Maybe I need to, f maybe the only job I need is the job I create for myself. Us. Because the more, yeah, because the more I looked for jobs, the more I thought, hmm, great company, great culture, kind of what I want to do, but I'm really only helping one person. Um, so it was quite a journey. It's been quite a journey for the last few years to build a, build a job for myself, build the work and redefine what I consider work. And, and all the misconceptions that come along with it. So it's been quite a journey and it's still work in progress. I still need to relaunch my main business because it's not quite there yet. I had to learn how to be, I had to learn how to, to build the business. So there's been a lot of um, evaluation, but that, that's kind of where I wanted to, talk, to share today because I think particularly now with COVID, 2020 for people has brought a lot of change, potentially a loss of job or changed their business. It certainly changed mine. And there's an opportunity potentially to learn where I've been, which was not fun in some regards, um, about how you reevaluate your next step. You know, maybe this is more of an opportunity than you know, that then you see at the moment when you're receiving a, a letter that says, yeah, we don't really need you anymore. It's like, oh, okay. Um, this is a perfect time to reevaluate. And, and certainly maybe even the age, you know, at 40 or 50, reevaluating what 
the next steps are for you. And again, redefining what work is that makes you happy. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I can relate to, to a lot of that, actually, um, including when, when's your birthday? June. June. Nice. So I'm August and I'm a 77 baby also. Um, uh, so we, we were talking earlier about um, you work with, with startups and scale-ups and uh, my understanding, but, you know, I want to check this with you. What you do is, is basically create marketing campaigns for companies to, to move them into yeah, larger business success. Absolutely. Um, and I look forward to kind of us working together on Sound Trials, which is the, um, I guess, startup um, that, that I've worked with some, for some years. Um, what's, what's your process with working with a company? Ah, so how did I get to where I am now? And probably, probably just to take one step back, how did I get to the point of making businesses that help other businesses? Because that was a bit different too. I was used to being an employee that worked as a marketer in-house and had a great job title. And then thought, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I should be an entrepreneur. I've got all the tools. Marketing's a big tool. Maybe I'll go out and be a startup entrepreneur. And then I went to a startup weekend and realized I was more fascinated in everyone else's ideas. Like that is literally what makes me happy is nice. if I could spend all my days and that's, that's the roadblock of working for one person is that, or one, one company is that while you're immersed and it's an amazing experience and you're part of it, if you're like me where you're fascinated with people with really amazing ideas then that's not going to work for you because you want to hear all these ideas. You want to be a part of it. So, so my first step was to kind of go, okay, well, maybe I could be a marketing consultant. Maybe I could help people. And really marketing used to be something that was nice to have, but now particularly in, in the business models that I work in where it's mostly an online product, marketing's kind of key to making it a viable business. So there's a risk. So if we take it around the other way, there's a risk that people with really good ideas will not be able to make a business and therefore help the people they want to help because they don't have good marketing advice that's kind of shaped to what they're trying to achieve. For sure. So trying to find a way to be a marketing consultant. So I do a lot of different types of things within marketing. So if I'm working for scale-ups, it's all about just getting the little wins and building the foundations and testing and learning and trying things. With the scale-ups, it tends to be they've built a business and now they're dealing with the complex. They've built what we consider the framework of the business. They're paying bills, they're amazing business people, but software is very complex as a service and, and that's the, the business model I specialize in. So once you've built the scaffolding, there's a lot of work to go back and fill in the detail so that you become more efficient. So that's um, like the, the business workflows, you, you work with them and say, you know, yeah. how, how to just... find the right people. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, how to find the right people to be a part of, so how to help the right people. And that's another kind of um, thing without you know, another thing that, that businesses experience when they don't have good marketing is they accept business from anyone and it yeah. nearly breaks them. 
uh, hopefully with the help of good marketing, you begin to get better at targeting the people that are your people, you know, that you want to work with and you want to yeah. help. No one starts. Uh, I think most people that I work with are vision based. They see their solution, their piece of technology, not as just a piece of technology. They see it as a way of helping people, whether it's to help someone who makes something to sell things online. Um, you know, I work in software that solves so many different problems, but they're genuinely, they're genuinely mission orientated. They want to help people. And the risk is that if they don't have good marketing advice in the same way they don't have good sales advice, they won't have the opportunity to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's where I probably took, that's why probably my business approach is a little bit different than most. I have a couple of different operations and they do different things because they're more tailored to what someone needs um, and aligning it with what I can do best. Nice. I, uh, just before we were talking now, I, someone had recommended the Tim Ferriss podcast to me and I went onto his website and I was like, get my ebook of 17 decisions that changed my life. And I went in there and I was just reading um, one or 17 questions. And one of the questions was, what work would I do on my business if I only had two hours, if I only worked two hours per week? And um, his response of that, in the, in the process of doing that, it really focused on the 80-20 concept of 80% uh, uh, of your customers bring most of the stuff and 80% of your, what you focus on is, is the, I'm, I'm getting this wrong actually, I realise as I say it, the core thing. The bit that I wanted to share was, uh, he, he, like out of that, went and fired all of his like high demand customers, the ones that chewed up all of the time, mm -hmm. um, which, which is very much what you're talking about there. Um, which is hard. You know, that's hard to admit that you've changed and your customers haven't with you. Um, but to, to kind of go back is it, we're talking about things to watch and read. The thing that got me to a point where I could be a business, an entrepreneur, a business owner, but someone who's literally in service to people with an idea was a guy named Derek Siever, who now bases himself out in New Zealand, but is not a New Zealander, I think he's American. And he has a 10 year old TED talk talking about how to start a movement because, okay. and, and it's a fantastic, resource to go and watch because he explains the value of the role I now play, which is that the entrepreneur is this amazing guy that dances at a concert all by himself. But until someone is brave enough to dance with him and then show everyone else that this guy's okay to follow, he's kind of a lone nut with an idea. Yeah. He's not an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And it's this concept of the first follower, which gets me mm. because <clears throat> some entrepreneurs, some business people are not, are not built to be the guy that the, you know, that with the great idea, but they have a lot of value in being the first follower, the person mm -hmm. that comes mm -hmm. along and helps that person with the great idea or what he calls the lone nut and turns them into a leader because he helps, it helps them articulate their mission and helps them build a business around it. And then For everyone sure. else can come in. So Derek Siever was a revelation to me because then I realized that I didn't have to be, you didn't have to be the guy. 
to, to be a successful business owner. I can be in service to someone with a great idea. Yeah, right. Cool. So you, you represent the first follower then for, for businesses. Yeah, I'm trying to be the guy that says, you have a great idea. Let's figure out how to bring it to the right people because what you're doing is, is important and really matters. But unfortunately, part of that is not just that you're, you've got a mission and you're trying to do something. You have to put it in a form that people understand and can, and can purchase, you know, those muddy, messy things like doing business. We need to pay some bills here. Yeah. So, but we, as marketers, sometimes we forget the mission. We forget that this person's actually trying to solve problems, that they've got a community that they work within. And sometimes we get a bit too wrapped up in the kind of oh, digital marketing, this on Facebook and the AdWords and things like that. I think a better marketer is someone who understands the mission of the person they're working with and understand and evolves what they're doing to kind of work with them and make sure that they're shining and, and giving them something back. So hopefully that's where I'm going as a business owner. But that, that's quite a shift, right? To be someone who lets go of the idea of being this on, the, the guy on the main stage to being the guy that's there dancing with them, trying to look like a goose and bring everyone in. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's a, a fantastic analogy and uh, yeah, a wonderful picture. Um, I think I did watch that one years ago and there's a like a, a little video that went viral of that single guy dancing at a concert as well mm. in my brain. Exactly. Cool. Um, the... Um, sorry, I. You're all right. I. Uh, that was my my wife calling just then, um, and she's got her first day of um, her prac uh, as a midwife. Oh morning. wow! Yeah, um, I don't want to interrupt this podcast to that, but now I'm talking about that. Um, Work-life balance, it's right there, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And didn't, uh, and didn't we as a generation, probably the generation before us, just kind of used to hype it? It's a particular issue for women, but even men, we used to kind of hide oh, our personal sure. lives. A hundred percent. Put them away. Yes. Now, I wonder if COVID has given us a little bit more of an exposure to the fact that um, many of the people I've worked with are now juggling, well, I'm in Brisbane, so we're in lockdown at the moment. Um, they're ju they've juggled homeschooling, they've juggled, um, and it's all here because they're working from home. Yeah, so yeah. it used to be that particularly women, but even men, I think, really hid their home life away. So work was work. Oh, definitely. And I wouldn't take phone yeah. calls and I'd scurry off to the side room to take phone oh, calls. Oh, 100%. If something had happened at home, there was a lot of, well, you're just going to have to hang on until I get there. Whereas I think now, hopefully, COVID has been another initiator, another flag of the fact that you can actually have, you can actually say, look, I'm not actually going to get work done today because I'm focused on this. There's something in my life I need to take some time to deal with, good, bad, or indifferent, but I'll still achieve the end because I can work anytime. I can, I can achieve this end and I don't need to be kind of stuck on, at a desk in an office being watched over 
to get it done? How about we build some trust and accountability? But how about we realize that I'm a human and I'm probably exactly. going to be the most efficient when I get to get to be a part of my family's work, not, not miss things out. I've got my nieces coming up from Adelaide, hopefully into in a week and a half. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Depending on yeah, of lockdowns yeah. and, and, <clears throat> and I will genuinely take some time off. There will be time where I'm not available for meetings, which is very unlike me, but, but, but when you only see them once a year, I haven't seen them for nearly 18 months, I think. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah, there there won't be phone calls being had. There'll be a nice autoresponder on my email that says, "Look, um, I love you, but I've got I've got two, I've got two girls that that need Arnie Lou, and and I need to put some Artie Lou time in." That's great. That sounds like you've got your priorities really clear, and I, I think that's wonderful. And I agree, hundred percent. COVID has uh, let us all see that we are all human, and and I, I think that's a, a wonderful uh, side effect. Uh, I, I haven't had enough sleep tonight. I'm, I feel like I'm juggling balancing. But what I'd like to do, I think, is um, could we um, talk for, say, 10 more minutes and then and, and finish it up there? So um, I, I'm, I, I feel like you're really well prepared and I'm loving everything that you're saying. And I'm feeling so should I go, this morning. Should I go down the process? Of, so should we talk about how I got to where I am? Because it sounds all very utopian, but... Um, uh, but I've had to listen a lot. Tell us your journey. Yeah. Yeah. So look, it's not that easy to pull up stumps. And so there's a couple of things I would say to people that are on this journey of figuring out who they are. So there's a lot of resources to have. And I've kind of, I tried to struggle doing this probably for the first 12 months, just interviewing and, and just hitting the wrong. And, and I hadn't told anyone that I don't think I want to do another job because I don't think anyone would have, I think most people in my life would have been like, uh, what? Mm -hmm. have, have you had a moment to yourself? Have you? But as soon as I let go of that and started telling people, you know what, I don't think I want another job. I think I probably need to be a consultant. Maybe I'm not, I think that's the word. And I think there might be, now I just got to figure out how to pay the bills. First of all, I adjusted my lifestyle so that I could pay the bills because I did have a two bedroom apartment and it was a whole lot of palaver and that was great. But you make bad decisions when you're trying to keep a whole facade around you. You know, mm. you take, you, you can't make good decisions when you're trying to pay bills, bigger bills. So you make them smaller bills and then you give yourself the, the mental space and the room to do it. Yeah. I completely appreciate how people go, Oh, I got a mortgage and stuff like that. But my business partner is someone who made the adjustment in the same way from working for someone for herself. And she's definitely been ups and downs, but she's got a mortgage, but she just prioritized living a bit more simply. But when I put the word out to people, the amount of goodwill and resources that, you know, that came into my life was amazing. I had a fantastic business coach that helped me kind of figure out what I wanted to do and, and certainly was the, the genesis of that first business that I was doing, which was just kind of consulting. Tell me your problem and I'll come and hang out with you and we'll fix some things and it'll be great. Uh, and I'll set some things up in marketing, which is, that's kind of the, what the pitch was. Mm -hmm. um, but after, and, but COVID actually taught me another lesson, which is it wasn't quite good enough just to, just to have conversations and go and work for people. I needed to now take, 
the idea that I had into a more structured business. Mm -hmm. So I've now gone back and asked for more help through 2020. I asked for a lot more help. So I joined a community called peak persona because one of the things that stopped me from being successful was that I had really bad habits, you know, atomic habits and not in a good way. Mm -hmm. uh, although that's something I subscribe to. Um, I'm a big fan of don't make resolutions because I'm an extrovert and I'll make promises for it. Uh, yeah. Sound mm -hmm. fantastic. Make habits, try and do something every day, yeah. have, have the time set aside. So about this time in the morning, I go and check my LinkedIn and do certain things, but I was now surrounded by people that were trying to encourage me to put good habits in place so that I had a day and a mentality to go back but I also went and found other coaches because the, the biggest irony of building a consulting and coaching business was that I, I was an expert at marketing software businesses. They are not the same as consulting businesses. So I had to go and open up myself to all these people that help coaches and consultants and other coaches and consultants and kind of learn from what, they're doing to build the business so the next phase of of my business will be a lot more ordered it won't be kind of all over the place and and utopian it will be a bit more ordered and and hopefully a bit more consistent um but that was again acknowledging you know it's amazing how much power you give to yourself when you just acknowledge that you need help mm. i think I, I think i'm doing the right type of work but it seems like i have one work, work one month and no work the next month how does that work? Oh, well, let me share my experience. And the amount of people that flood into your life are really helpful, whether it's business coaches, other coaches and consultants. And I've, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, not just for business, not just for marketing. It's because I've, that's where I found my people. So it doesn't matter whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or your local community of of business owners it's surprising when you open yourself up and say look i'm trying i'm here's where i'm trying to go that inherently people try and help you get there um and i think it it kind of um in it, back in the day it was the local rotary or the local commerce chamber or something like that but now it's linkedin or facebook or just people that you meet that give you some energy to move forward. They validate what you're trying to do, or they might have that great resource, that video. Um, the Derek Sievers video was an app, was, was part of a conversation with my friend, uh, someone I'm still in contact with said, Oh, I think you want to be like this guy. I'll send you the video. And it was revolutionary. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah. once you open yourself up to building that work life balance and potentially building the job, you don't need to know everything, put it out there and, and people will help you and start reading and engaging with uh, the other people that are doing it. And then, then you're starting to get work life balance because you've built the work side. So now you can balance the other side. Mm -hmm. Nice. What's, uh, what's your vision? Well, actually tell me, you've got, you've got a couple of, companies that you run a couple of organizations what it yeah so I, I my core business is a consultancy for software scale up so people that have got a business it's functional they're paying the bills and they're just trying to find their next adventure so that's primarily where i work um 
but I am a big part of the startup ecosystem. I'm a mentor for QUT and at River City Labs because I'm so fascinated with people with good ideas, but I never had any way to work with them because I worked with bigger companies and I tended to mentor with smaller companies. And they used to say a lot of the same things, which is, um, oh, I can't afford marketing. And, And to be honest, they couldn't. They couldn't afford an experienced marketer. So my, my startup that came out of COVID, which will be my focus in 2021 as well, is Bright Campus, which is really a way of saying, I as the marketer and the expensive part of creating your first marketing plan. So why don't I help you build it yourself? Because we believe, myself and my business partner, we believe that the founder or the founding group are probably your best first marketer. You understand your product, you understand your industry, you understand their problems. You just don't understand marketing and the dark arts and the strange acronyms and, and those sorts of things. And you probably have some misconceptions about marketing that are stopping you from starting. So things like how much do things cost and I seem to look everywhere and people are doing really good marketing. They must be able to afford it. Mm. And, um, oh, we, you know, uh, marketing is only about digital marketing. It's not about the partnerships and things like that. So we have a small program that we're piloting at the moment, which has been really, um, it's, it's good soul business. It's, it's, it's yet to be kind of good financial business yet because we'll work <laughs> on the viability second. But it's good soul business because it allows people to get to that first, to come to someone totally independent of all the other noise of marketing with a great idea and just get them to a first marketing plan where I can say, look, this month I'm going to try one thing. Yeah, and it's cool. going to be this and it makes sense all right and and so that's presumably that's very much about learning to to talk about it in in ways that um and when i say talk about it i mean blog or video or whatever and and then and then where to where to put that out there yeah absolutely so part of the biggest learning for me is that i can be an absolute marketing nerd so if I can wedge a million acronyms into a sentence, that's probably my peak sentence, <laughs> uh, particularly if you work in a particular type of business. So I work in software as a service yeah. and yeah. double-sided marketplaces. Again, absolute gibberish. Just yeah. think Uber and software that you log into a browser. So our challenge is to take what a pretty dense kind of marketing strategy concepts, because there's no point building a marketing plan unless you kind of know why you're doing it that's the big failing that we see for marketers is unfortunately they just give it a crack but there isn't any logic behind it i i'll give it a crack Mm. someone told me i should do Mm. facebook yeah that i mean that that sounds like my uh, traditional marketing approach and it has never been successful well and marketing is a discipline for everyone you know like everyone's got a marketing idea but execution is everything and being able to get a return is everything So I've had to learn the adjustment I'm making and so my business partner makes is that we have to step away from, we're used to being a consultant where you want to sound like the smartest guy in the room for your discipline and go, no, 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 these people don't need that from me. Mm. They need me to ask the questions that incite the right decision out of them. So these entrepreneurs, these business founders, small businesses and startups, 
need a program that can ask them the right questions and together builds them an idea of their marketing. So they don't have to listen to the noise of marketing. That is the problem with marketing is it's a discipline where there's thousands of options, thousands of mm. logical options where to start. And that's what normally stops you. Um, and the person giving you advice is typically the person selling you one of those options. Mm. So Bright Campus is totally independent. We do not help people. We give them an idea of where the next steps so or we give them introductions and things like that. But trying to get ourselves to a point where we can get the founder or the founding group, the entrepreneur, to use the smarts they have, so Bright, uh, and put it into a simple plan on a canvas where we can get all those ideas down. And once you see them on paper, you begin to go, oh, well, I should just focus here. Cool. And much like you said, the 80-20, giving people the smarts to make the 80-20 decision because at the moment they have trial, uh, you know, with marketing having so many options, they can't make the 80-20 decision. They kind of start anywhere. Mm. Whereas what we're going to do, what we do with, with clients now, really interesting businesses across the spectrum, anyone in B2B is just get them to kind of talk to answer the questions, put it all on the board and then come back around to it and go, great. So now we know what you can do. Now we know what the business needs. Let's just pick these logical steps and that'll build our marketing plan, which is we know where we know who we're targeting. And that I've got to say is the biggest, the biggest roadblock. I'm sure. Yeah. Not, not because people can't tell you who their target market is, but they don't, they don't, um, they don't go small enough because they think they should speak to everyone and hope for the best. They don't think small enough and they don't then put it in a, uh, a way of thinking that a marketer could understand. So mining, I target the mining industry. Well, that's, that's a lot of people. Let's, let's try and narrow sure. that down. Is there yeah. a job title? Is there a commodity? Something like that. that so we give you that discipline. So Bright Canvas is a new adventure where I'm learning to be the entrepreneur and it's, it's still working at viability, but, but we're just having some really good experiences. And, and because we're helping some smaller businesses that come to us because they've tried and spent money and hadn't had any fun with marketing, haven't had any fun or success, like it's great for them to walk out the other side and go, oh, just the amount of misconceptions that you bust for people is amazing. Oh, I can afford to do all this marketing. No, no one can afford to do anything. When I was doing marketing and I had budgets of a quarter of a million dollars a month, I never had enough money. Never. So that's, it's okay for you. That's definitely an idea I have of marketing that it's just, you, you need to be in the millions of revenue before you can yeah. even consider it. Yeah. Oh, so many myths, so many myths to bust about marketing and, and understand the complexity of it, but being able to just remove all the noise and start somewhere. So ready, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> yes, you can ready, fire, aim. That's from, that's from the guys at B2B school. They're lovely people and they're great at just getting you to try something out. So I'm yeah. trying to encourage people to ready, fire and fire and aim today. And you never know, it might just work out. You can, you can tweak it later on. Just get something out there. Brilliant. Um, well, that, that sounds absolutely fantastic. I like, um, yeah, I look forward to talking with you further about that um, in relation to, to my work as well. Um, thank you so much for coming on here this morning. 
sorry that I'm a little, have been a little bit scatty and all over the place. And thank you for carrying uh, this uh, conversation and, and, and bringing so much. It's been really awesome to meet with you this morning. Thanks for letting me share my story. It's something I'm really passionate about. And, I, and having been through the experience of building, building the job I want for work-life balance um, and still building it, I, I, the thing in my heart is that I know there's a lot of people that have made shifts during COVID mm. and maybe, and why I'm passionate about it, um, is that maybe there's somewhere out there that it, it just doesn't feel like they know what the next step is and, and maybe the next step is to make your own job. Lovely. Thanks, Louise. No problem. Louise. Good morning, can you hear me? I can't hear you yet. Hello. Hello, good morning. Hello. Oh, having a moment. I've got all my cables all over the place today. <laughs> no worries. How you doing? Oh, I'm really good actually. Uh, although I'm a bit... Uh, Oh, life's very different at the moment. I've got a few different speed jobs and businesses. So it's, you have to consciously kind of change your thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, I work with startups and scale ups and I'm trying to chase new business. And, I, you know, so I won't say it's not kind of hard work to some extent. Uh, actually, I might turn this light off. Oh no, I won't turn that long. <laughs> <laughs> I um I find it most challenging when I need to switch back and forth between fine detail decisions and big strategy stuff. That's the largest yeah largest stress for me. Mine is at the moment is um, scale up, uh, scale ups need to solve big problems, and it and while we do it quickly, it's still not you know I've got I'm consulting with a business that works with startups and we have like a seven day sprint where we're doing something for seven days and I'm like so I have to think big and then I have to carve up the elephant in my head and then I have to size it and it's like okay this is a good challenge for me what's um, what's the but, usual size for a sprint well um oh if, if you're a developer it's like two weeks two yeah, weeks yeah, one or two weeks yeah is, two three yeah. four weeks um, two weeks typically, but um, we're doing these, uh, the, the whole point of this growth marketing is that you experiment and shift pretty easily. Plus, um, uh, I can see the benefit of this is that sometimes people really need marketing, but marketing agencies are not built to deal with it. So they kind of come on board with the big love hug, you know, you're fantastic, big pitch. But the business is not really ready to kind of do the work with you because they're so stressed and, you know, mm. they're trying to keep the business running and they don't have time to go off and write white papers and mm. tip sheets and all. So it's actually sometimes easier to have that conversation with them that says, okay, why don't we just build, why don't we just work together at a pace that you can get your head around? Because the, you know, a startup is really driven by what the founder you know, the best part of a startup is it's founder very early. They know the business and things like that. That's why I built Bright Canvas. So if you kind of 
if you're kind of trying to, you know, put them into a retainer or an agreement or a service that's too big for them, then you're going to lose the, you know, like it's just not going to work out. Mm. Whereas these uh, some, um, so the growth agency I consult to rather than own um, is very much about, let's just do small little wins. Let's just do start somewhere. So, um, and not too much. I have a, have a program I'm in, which is this kind of, and we talk about this all the time because I'm a bit of a sayer, not a doer sometimes. And we talk about kind of ready, ready, fire, aim. Like that's my big <laughs> kind of thing at the moment is just kind of just put something up. Just, just, start. just put something up there. Talk to someone about it. The more it yeah. just sits in your head and, you know, and do something, just get someone talking to you about it. And yeah. So Which, yeah. We'll start soon because actually all of this would be quite quite good. But um, I do want to also just say... Um, I watched like, your first episode with Jeff. He's a super oh, you did? interesting guy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Great. Thanks. I, I've just... Yeah, cool. What, what did you think? Oh, it was really interesting. Like, I think there's... Um, I think there's a real... I think it's... Content, I, I like the chat because it's kind of contextual. Like, he, he does reference who he reads. Oh my god, I've got to own up to the fact that I just don't read books anymore. Um, so please, uh, no, please don't ask me. me if I've read this book because I'm not, I'm not going to have read it. Uh, I think I've got the guy on Atomic Habits on my on a newsletter because, like, I just don't read books. Um, but I find what he was saying very contextual, like, he was explaining how, how that kind of, kind of more kind of esoteric thinking fits into his day to day or how, yeah. it, how it kind of shapes him, which I think is interesting. Um, but I also was looking at your medium and going, yeah, that's why we, that's why we get on. Cause I, I'm a big fan of the the guys at Dent too. Oh, right. And cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's kind of when I grow up, I get to be part of that program. Well, stop well that's how we yeah. met, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. 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 I'm a, yeah. That they, they were on my path. They're on my path still. Nice. Um, oh, so how, how long have we got this morning? I anticipate my girls waking up maybe in 20 minutes or so. All right, well, um, let's do it. Let's just jump in. Okay, cool. So I'm already recording and I'm doing this thing, as you saw with the other one, I'll, I'll put all this preamble at the Hold on. At the just... end. okay sorry about that not at all that's all right it's the world around us exactly okay i'm gonna go i was listening to my very first recorded one last night too and the number of times i say um it's terrible so i'm gonna be consciously not doing that i'm Uh, trying to improve to complete sentences because I've read, read a couple of transcripts of my speaking and it's just like finish the sentence always. Yeah, I think I do that too. All right, this will be fun. Um, one sec. Hey, Willa, I'm just going to be on a little meeting for a little while. Yeah, cool. All right. So here we go.